Welcome to the Voice of Business Podcast. I am Steve Cox with the Rogers Lowell Chamber, joined as always with Nick Smith. And Nick, we got a fun one today talking about early childhood education. That's you, right. uh, you you recently uh, got to experience the joy of a wonderful quasi-raise by having a child get out <laughs> of daycare and a uh, little extra money in your pocket. But it's a, it's a serious issue. It, it really is. It really is. And so it we're, really is. Yeah, we're very excited. We have two wonderful guests uh, with us here today. Why don't you go ahead and introduce them real quickly, and then we'll, uh, sure we'll get thing. into the news and then start the show. Sure thing. So today we are actually joined by Michelle Wynn, co-director of Child Care Aware of Northwest Arkansas. Thank and you, Rogers Michelle, Bowl for Chamber being here. board member. That's right. I hadn't gotten there yet. I hadn't gotten there yet. <laughs> yet, as well as Dina Ford, owner with Wild About Learning Academy and Wild About Learning Academy West. Thank you for joining us, giving us the early childhood education heads up from both of y'all's perspectives. I'm sure we're going to have lots of details that we can dive deep in and uh, really just blow everybody's mind with later. But uh, first things first, we want to get into our NWA in the news conversations from the last couple of three weeks. Uh, announced just this week, uh, three companies, Cox, Dell, and Epic IO, announced plans to introduce AI to software uh, aimed at curbing shoplifting at the NWA Tech Summit, which is happening this week, which is pretty big, of course, right, around right here. across the street. Yeah, that's right. We've got a lot of uh, folks who are in the um, commerce sector, especially when you think about Walmart and groups like that. So that's going to be big news for them. Uh, healthcare opt-in season is here, starting tomorrow. You're going to be able to do another year of enrollment and things like the Affordable Care Act. The marketplace opens November 1st for those folks who are interested in that. And then I'm sure all the employers out there are going to be rolling out their plans as well mm-hmm. for open enrollment. So keep your eyes out for that. And then uh, last but certainly not least in my eyes, the Arkansas Razorback basketball team defeated number 3 Purdue last week in an exhibition game to open their season with a bang. This is the fifth year under Coach Musselman, and I'm really excited to see where they go from here. That was so. a, it was a really good game. Overtime, oh, yeah. like, yeah, that was it was a lot of fun. Bud Walton was rocking. You could hear it through the TV, man. That's right. That's right. I love that we actually are now into the sports that, you know, really kind of hammer it home. No offense to the, the football team. I'm a fan nerd. I love the football <laughs> team. I'm there. I watch every game. At the same point in time, there is something nice to actually get to sing the, oh, it's hard to be humble and mean it at yeah, the end, yeah, you know, as opposed yeah. to just wishful thinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's going to be a good season no matter what, so we're very excited. But let's get into our topic. We are talking, as I said, early childhood education. And typically, and please correct me if I'm wrong here, but that's six weeks through pre-K is kind of the, the, the range there. Yes, sir. Uh, okay, so that that's where we are. So, you know, six weeks through there, that's a long time, <laughs> three and a half, four years, depending um, how that goes in terms of getting into kindergarten and things like that. And it it's just, it's a vital piece of the American economy, a vital piece of the local economy here uh, up in Northwest Arkansas because it allows parents to go to work. And we're seeing some uh, information and studies that are showing that that is actually having an impact on the local labor market um, and specifically in the, in the United States as well. Uh, and a, a report uh, that says the insufficient child care that is not there for children under three, it depletes the country of $122 billion each year in lost earnings, productivity, and revenue. The state of Arkansas itself is $895 million. Um, 78% of parents surveyed said that they had missed work within the last 90 days because of child care issues. Um, so it's, it's impacting productivity. And I saw a study that showed 25% of the female workforce is not in, uh, active in the workforce because of a lack of uh, reliable child care. So really looking forward to, to getting the, the input and, and feedback from our guest here as we talk about this issue. 
what can we do? What can be done? What what solutions are there? And so, Michelle, you and I have had this conversation going on for years. Um, we're we're trying to make it better. Um, it's but it's it's impacting. COVID really made childcare come to the forefront when so many centers shut down. And so, uh, I guess my my first question is, what? How are we fixing it? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's a, that's a tall order. Yes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think just to piggyback on that, uh, we were talking before the show that this is a multifaceted problem. I mean, there's every angle that you can look at this from uh, folks needing help just to get daycare centers off the ground to finding employees to staff those daycare centers. You've got government reg uh, government regulations, both federal and state, that detail you know how many teachers you have per student, how big certain spaces have to be, certain requirements in terms of meals and uh, what you can actually do with kids on off all sorts of stuff like that. That's crazy um, When someone who's in this next-gen group who looks at all of this It probably just is like a waterfall, right? And it just is too much to take in uh, When you're talking about this with folks in terms of the early childhood uh, early child care crisis uh, Early childhood education crisis. There we go get there uh where do you start? Like, how do you start those conversations with people when you're trying to address these issues? Well, I think the first thing is to figure out um, where they're looking for childcare. So when a family moves to our area, number one, we can't keep up with the demand of childcare because of the growth. So they need to first start looking for childcare when they move to the area and figuring out where's going to be the best place for their family and go to different places, you know, and there's quality rating too. So we would encourage that family to look up what is quality rating. So when they're going to a facility, um, they can learn more about it. Um, that's through the Better Beginnings process. And ask when you're at the daycare center to have a tour, what is their curriculum? What is Better Beginnings? Mm -hmm. And ask those questions and just be aware of um, where you're putting your child and uh, what's the rules and regulations and the expectations. Absolutely. Um, I just want to touch and add in on that. Um, like she said, to do the parent needs to do the homework and just really establish what facility best meets their family's mm -hmm. um, background. We are all different. We all come independently. Um, some are charter schools, so then there's even additional rules and procedures, regulations right. that they have to adhere to outside of the private sector. You touched on it earlier. There's state rules and then there's federal rules, um, and those all look different. And so sometimes that family's expectation is just not something my personal facility can take on. Mm -hmm. um, and we just have to be very transparent as providers, um, both sides of that fence, as to what we can offer and just see if that aligns with the families because, you know, we may not be for everyone. For sure. So when folks start the process and they start looking, I mean, is this a, a case where, you know, they just call around, see who has openings? I mean, are, are you guys running into, uh, I know uh, when folks talk about like childcare deserts, the biggest thing they're talking about is just not uh, a lack of open spaces. Are you seeing that as a main issue right now? Are you seeing long waiting periods? What are some of the things that folks are running into as they start checking around uh, the area for childcare? Well, one thing, um, through the Child Care Aware Office, they can call our office, and we actually cover 17 counties. So when Ooh, a family comes here, um, we can tell them opening prices, that type of things, and ratings, too, when it comes to price range. Mm -hmm. um, so that's how we can be that resource for families, and that's how we partner with our existing child care providers, too. Um, and so we're able to give them that refer list so they can go out, look for the providers that's going to meet their need, too. 
Um, so definitely, you know, reach out to us and then we can give contacts for them to go look out in the community. But we're definitely seeing the long waiting list for child care providers. We're seeing um, our providers that have rooms that are open, but we don't have staff. Mm. So mm. that is the issue that you have. We have rooms ready for children to be in, but no staff. So that's our next issue for sure is finding quality staff for the classrooms. What would you say is your biggest challenge right now um, at running two centers? Sure. Um, I'm going to agree with what Michelle said right now is staffing, mm -hmm. that quality individual who, you know, comes to us degreed or um, with just the, the um, rules of the state. Um, everyone is trainable and I am all in. I'm a center that loves professional development. I'm a trainer for mm -hmm. the state of Arkansas. So we do a lot of in-house training also. Um, but like she said, it's staffing. You know, I'm not going to just hire anybody with a heartbeat. There's certain qualities that right. I'm looking for as an owner because that's my name. That's my brand. And mm -hmm. if they can't follow basic rules, then they certainly can't care for children. Um, what I'm getting is just, you know, when we get those calls of vetting our facility is just, you know, do we have openings? How much does it cost? Do we accept federal funds, vouchers, those right. type of things? We can quickly give off those answers. Those answers can be found on the division website of the state. Those answers can be answered through Michelle's office and agency or just straight to our website. Um, but the calls that we're getting is just, you know, do you have availability right now and how much does it cost? Right. And a lot of the times <laughs> the feedback yeah. is, Ooh, that's expensive. Mm -hmm. You know, personally for my center, our daily rate is $57 a day. Mm. And if you break that down over the 11 hours, the children are able to be there. Yeah. Five bucks an hour, basically. Yeah. yeah. Which that touches on, on two things. First, I wanted to ask, um, uh, you kind of make up a good point when it comes to staffing. You're talking about folks who are going to be representing your brand, and your brand is more than just essentially a babysitter for eight hours a day. I mean, you are providing a service up to 11 hours a day. Uh, and again, these regulations, I think a lot of folks don't understand. When we say regulations, we're not just talking about, like, you need to have an LLC and a building with a playground, right? Like, <laughs> That's correct. Um, <laughs> you know, so when folks are looking at child care uh, options, I mean uh, – Give a, a rundown, maybe just a, a bulleted list of some of the things that, that stand out in terms of like things you're required to produce and whatnot that you can think of, just so folks kind of have an idea of what you all uh, essentially have to do just before you can even open your doors. Like, what's what's that look like for you all? To start up a, a daycare yeah. in yeah. our town? Okay. <clears throat> so you have to have your years of experience, right? Mm -hmm. You have to have your public education behind you to be a credentialed director or to have a credentialed director within your facilities. Um, you can have the same one. You can have various ones at each campus, um, but they're credentialed, and those rules come from the state and from the Fed. Um, we can have additional things on top of that for our individual facilities, um, but for mine, I mean, they've got to come to me with education. They've got mm -hmm. to come to me with years of experience, and that interview process is a few steps for a while, and they've got to get through all of those gates before they're on the floor and training with me. Wow. And so what does that uh, training entail? Like once they're in the door, once you've got them there, I mean, it doesn't stop. It's not, again, you're not just kind of throwing them to the toddlers as it is, right? You're, right. You've got a process there. What does that look like? Things have changed. You know, 20 years ago was a lot quicker. I think that our process <laughs> is, is we sent them to like an eight to 10 hour training um, here to, right. in our town locally. Those things have ceased since mm -hmm. COVID. We don't have a whole lot of in-person. Everything's gone mm -hmm. to Zoom. Um, and so it's hard to pull our teachers out of their classroom days mm -hmm. and schedules to right. get that professional development. And those 
professional development hours are only really offered most often during the workday. Mm -hmm. So there's another hardship for our industry is to just keep our teachers, you know, educated and up to the newest policies and regs and training out there um, when they just don't even have time to step out of the classroom because their their focus should be that front line. Yeah. Well, and I'm sure uh, we joke around about um, when we just have to take like two hours to go do, well, a podcast, for instance, yes. we have to make sure we, you know, someone is covering the desk back at the office, things like that. When you're talking about like uh, professional development for your teachers, we're already talking there's a teacher shortage. So then on top of that, you're going to have to provide professional development hours on top. Uh, here's where I start getting to the whole, this is cumbersome. How do I start attacking this problem type deal? Right. Because this feels like uh, kind of a, a snake eating its own tail type deal. Like you're, you're, um, providing a service that is obviously essential for so many out there, and yet we really have uh, very limited resources and ways um, just locally to try and help. So what what ways could the either state legislature or federal legislature or even local governments and, and groups, what ways can we start uh, working on to try and help get your uh, business the help that it needs to make sure that this ball keeps rolling a little bit better without obviously kind of uh, uh, giving you more stumbling blocks to run through and, and things like that. Sure. I think the best way that um, corporations or our government can help us is to just step up our funding. Mm -hmm. um, that funding, you know, it helps us go to professional development, send those teachers or actually bring in teams to our area for those trainings. Mm -hmm. um, a privately owned daycare owner like myself, I don't, I'm single. I don't have, you know, a partner. I don't have business partners or anyone to help me with that funding. And so I have um, recently opened our doors to the voucher program. That has been very helpful. But again, there's additional rules there. Um, so, you know, corporations in town, um, community sponsors, they can help in a lot of different ways, not just monetary, you know, maybe it's volunteer time. You know, mm. maybe it's coming and helping with bulletin boards or gardens out on the playground or big events. You know, they can maybe host a meal or if they have experts that can come in and talk to our people about mental health or about just different components of what we deal with each and every day. Um, we are just seeing far more complex issues within the daycare setting today than we did years ago when I began. Yeah. And it seems like I think a lot of people just feel like, oh, I'm just babysitting. But it, right. it's not. There's curriculum. There's things that, that are going into it. Um, and so, like, for, for you, what are you guys seeing in terms of um, just a, maybe a disconnect between the, the general public and the work that you all are actually doing? And it's vital because, I mean, there have been studies after studies. They did a big one in Detroit, uh, years, decades-long study where they put some kids in, in pre-K and some kids didn't, and they studied them. And uh, when they looked forward, it, they just did an update on it very recently. And it was something like the kids that went to pre-K, one, made more money, had better education standards, um, and staying out of prison was a major factor that was in there. I mean, it was it's fascinating just how important what's going on inside the classrooms at such a young age. Right. Our teachers have a big hat. You know, they, they wear a big hat. Um, they're not just the nurturer. They're not just the educator. Mm -hmm. They're there to teach emotions and sort through all of those feelings. They're there to help regulate and calm those behaviors and those emotions. Um, you know, you have children, so when the, the scale tips, I mean, it's hard to get that back over. Oh, that never happened. No, no, no. <laughs> right? No. We have not, a podcast that proves different. <laughs> not in my school either. But if or when it would, um, you know, that's 
that's the difference I think that, you know, my instructors have is that they're there. They're mm-hmm. intentional. They are they're not just there on, on their schedule, right? If, if they go over that schedule, they're there for the betterment of that child. They're there until that impact, that, that time management with that kiddo is done. Right. Now, Michelle, uh, we really haven't explained what Child Care Aware of Northwest Arkansas is. So that, that's our fault for not asking sooner. You're fine. Um, but <laughs> let, let everybody know kind of what, what you guys bring to the table and the wonderful work that you all do. Okay, thank you. Um, so the Child Care Aware Office, we are a resource here in the community, helping families find child care and providing parent education. You have said this so many and, times. Like, you can see it. She's yeah. just spouting it off. And we are the supporter for our early childhood providers. So for Dina and all these directors out here, um, we want to be the heart, and we want to support them, and we know how important it is to have them here in the community for these families to be able to go to work. Um, so providing them that training, providing um, – you know, just the different needs and trying to reach out and help them too. That is part of our service for sure. Um, and also, you know, something we have not brought up is just reaching out to our local businesses and expressing why is early childhood important? These are our future workers. Mm-hmm. And these children that a lot of people don't realize the brain is developed 90% by age five. Right. And to some people, that's amazing that that's why we need quality educators in the childcare setting that's going to help them be successful when they get to kindergarten and so we've got to fight for these early childhood teachers and we've got to have good directors and we've got to have good programs that are going to help the jobs in our community later mm-hmm. and and i think a unique thing about northwest arkansas you, you know you mentioned family a lot of times they're a fallback you know mm-hmm. a, a, you know grandparent or an mm-hmm. uncle you know Definitely. sibling something like that but with so many people from in Northwest Arkansas, mm-hmm. moving from other parts of the country, they don't have that family support network, yes. and so that's why child care is also so much more important. And mm-hmm. you know, there's a reason why Walmart's building a big giant child care center on their <laughs> yes. campus. And um, at the state of the NWA uh, session they did last week, the the chief people officer for Walmart actually said that they are using that as a recruitment tool. Yes, and they saw more excitement when they announced that than they did about the two billion dollar home office. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like just that one part, and they were like, hey. Yes, I think that every parent can say, you know, our children are our world Mm -hmm. and we we should put them first. Um, And so those things that is, you know, part of a hiring package and it's it's going to sell. You know, Mm -hmm. it's it's starting to become more and more benefit based where that student debt relief, like all that, all that's coming in as benefits package for the next gen. Truly, child cares are popping up all over the place. It's kind of like banking, right? There's one on every (laughs) corner. But those quality programs like she talked about are the ones that are engaging with Arkansas Better Beginnings. Right. Um, but with those additional quality, you know, come additional things that we get to do on the inside. And that just costs money. It takes time. Right. It takes it takes manpower of our people. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so we've just got to get, you know, strong recruiting. And then when we get those good workers, we've got to, you know, retain them and treat them well. Mm-hmm. Right. To, to uh, kind of piggyback on something that you were touching on earlier and to emphasize just how important this early childhood education is. Uh, a lot of times I think folks think about uh, when you have kids, first off, I think most people when they have kids are like, yeah, I've, I have no idea what I'm doing. Right. right? Like you, yeah. you take the kid home and it's <laughs> you like, can, you can read all right. the books you want, but yeah. yeah no. and, you, and you have no clue. And one of the things that I've learned really quick with both of my kids in, in daycare is like, you, I always thought about like things that you teach your kids in general and stuff that you don't think about, but I can honestly say was very imperative for both of my kids growing uh, growing up and doing uh, pre-K was the emotional well-being, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. being able to express emotions in a non-destructive way. Yes. yes. 
which, if you don't have kids, maybe sounds foreign, but like, <laughs> especially having like crazy. two boys that are only two years apart, non-destructive ways of dealing with emotions <laughs> are very big in my household right now. And I still am clueless as to how to handle some of that stuff, but so many of the lessons that our teachers were able to teach them and, and they brought home to us, we wouldn't have gotten that anywhere else. And most of them got that from doing the trainings that you're talking about and things like that. That's just one facet that I had no clue about. And I have a wife who, like you said, read every book under the sun before <laughs> we ever had a kid. And same deal. It was it, There's so much stuff that you just don't know about. And this is what they do for a living. So as, as good as you get at your job... That's what these folks are trained to do. And it's more than just CPR training and, and being able to change a kid's diaper, right? Like, right. Right. I think that's really important for folks to stress right. that you provide a program that does all of these things, but also for our kids being our world, for our kids being something that's so important to us, they become better people because of it. Yeah, mm -hmm. yes, And that's not a knock on anyone who, who keeps their kids home, but like... I couldn't have turned my kids into the kids that they are now without the help of all those wonderful teachers that that they, you know, have come across along the way. Mm -hmm. So those social emotional interactions are by far the most important thing that a child can have at a foundational level, in my opinion. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and like yeah. I said, the brain developing in that time frame and just so many studies showing the difference that it has in order to not just, you know, be able to have that in social interaction. So you're learning social skills, um, the emotional intelligence of the, the children and child care versus not like it just it's 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 mind blowing how the vast difference that early quality early childhood education makes. Right. right. And teaching them, like you mentioned, um, some of those calm down techniques at a young age it's going to be life effects. As they're an adult, they're going to realize that, you know, I have children also in that I remember through conscious discipline, they're like, we just need to breathe. This is what my <laughs> teacher taught me, yes. or we need to do these things. And I was like, just like you mentioned, they're learning and role modeling from great teachers that they have at a young age. And what you want is to go to the families. And then it's teaching those families, those parent education and those tips too, of how we can work together as a family. It's going to help them be better as adults too. Oh yeah. Well, and, and you know, the programs that these schools are putting together for parents as well. I mean, you all do things that, uh, you know, teach parents how to uh, take some of these lessons home and do them. I've seen different programs doing like parents night out and things like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of folks, again, don't have family in the area to babysit. And right. so like, right. they, you know, those parents night out once a semester were great for <laughs> us because it was like, you'll watch both my kids and feed them. And it only costs like 10 bucks or 15 bucks or something like that for the evening. Yeah. Okay. I'm in. I'm, like, in. Yeah. I'm, right. That stuff you're not going to find anywhere else. No especially with people who are trained to handle that kind of thing. And so I just think that's imperative for folks to kind of uh, really quantify what all you get when we're talking about early childhood education. Yeah. Um, I, I just had a thought. Um, you know, our last podcast we recorded we, uh, well, two, two ago, we talked about the rise of remote work and how that's mm -hmm. here to stay for a while. Do you think that is helping or hurting the early childhood education by having you know, a single parent that can do a remote job and then doesn't have that? necessarily that need but then the child is not getting that education and training so I'm, I'm just i literally just thought of this so you know i'm not sure if it's the best worded question or not but i won't say in my strong opinion but in my opinion mm -hmm. i think it's a detriment okay i do i 
post-COVID, I've seen, you know, just an uptick in behaviors in the classroom um, that we were not seeing prior to COVID. Um, and I just feel like that might be some of that fallout. You know, if mom, was, mom or dad were on a Zoom call, where was toddler? Mm-hmm on the coffee table or where we coloring walls because we're seeing some of those things and it's nothing that we're teaching or not teaching at school. Right. These are just common things and, and just impulses and just redirecting some of those behaviors. And I think that with um, a parent whose full attention is not on their child fully at home, it, it's a detriment. We're seeing that in the classroom. Having taken a Zoom call and had both a child on a coffee table and coloring on the walls, <laughs> I can, uh, yeah, attest to everything you just said right then. <laughs> yes. I can honestly say during COVID, I think that our uh, daycare shut down for about four and a half months. Right. And yeah, that was uh, the running joke we had was any money we saved from not paying daycare uh, went to the liquor store instead. I mean, it was, <laughs> I don't know how groups do it. Yeah, it was. One of the home repairs. It was definitely one of those things where and my wife and I were tag teaming it like we were able to get everything done. But at the same point in time, she and I joked around about the fact that like. Weren't we going to save money over the last four months? What happened? Yeah. Like yes. that? It yeah. yeah. No, it's it's uh, truly remarkable the difference that my kids had, especially uh, between staying home. Even and we made it a point to have one parent with them at all times. Like we were trading off watching both kids and all that and it still was yeah it's right. nuts yeah and that wasn't any disrespect to the working parent no, that not wants at all. to stay no, home and there's a lot of wonderful parents out mm -hmm. there that want that time with their kiddos but if they really sat back to think are they giving their kiddo that attention they need mm -hmm. is that more beneficial than being in a structured classroom or program right yeah, no, and they I'd... have to make that decision just like they have to vet a preschool, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe for them mm -hmm. or may not be, but you touched on it. And, you know, those social emotional connections, those first five year mm -hmm. foundationals, it's where it's at. And um, if money is the, the issue, you know, there's lots of programs like mine that are open to vouchers. So we have essential worker vouchers. So if you're mm. an essential worker, you're on the front line, you know, with COVID or the, the fear of COVID coming back round two, mm. um, there's funding out there, especially for those families or low income. If it's a right. single parent home or mm -hmm. grandparent raising, we have so many different cases right mm -hmm. now inside of my school that I have not seen in, in, a yes. lot of past years. Mm -hmm. um, and it's heavy, you know, it's heavy, but we are meeting those children where they're at. And that's what's crucial is to meet the child where they're at. You know, that's not going to look the same as we line them all up. And you've just got to have those teachers, you've got to have that retention, and you've got to know where your students are at. And you got to have support people in the community that can get us the training or get us the resource, um, or get us the marketing opportunity yeah. to, to put the word out there for help. For sure. Where are some of those resources so we could like put some links in the, in the description to make sure Absolutely. Um, that we're there? Um, well, you can always go to our website at well, nwachildcare.org. Definitely. And we have um, parent education classes even uh -huh. offered for free. Nice. So if families, um, you know, from divorce, anger management, behavior guidance, all different topics, and we have them in person in Zoom. So families can attend those. Um, we also have classes for our early childhood providers and, like I mentioned, looking for child care. Mm -hmm. But we have a lot of great resources. So that's one thing I would say definitely here in northwest Arkansas that a lot of nonprofits, a lot of great resources. Right. So depending on the needs of those families that um, reach out and we're glad to help them with those services or partner with the parents at the early childhood provider programs and see what we can do. Cause that's also what um, a lot of our centers are seeing too, that from staff and parents coming in and 
some are just asking for resources. If it's food, you know, shelter, uh, you know, classes, all those type of things, Um, coats, you know, Christmas coming up, because we know in order to make those children and help them be successful, that we have to help the parents. And so that is something, too, that a lot of our centers, um, they're struggling as yeah. with their staff and those parents. And so if we can partner as a community and tell them, you know, maybe reach out to United Way 211 or reach out through the chamber through different resources or, you know, whatever we can do as a community and partner and support our early childhood providers is going to help the parents and going to help the teachers and help mm-hmm. the students that are in those programs, too. Is there anything you can add as an owner, like especially if someone uh, has just recently opened a, a spot up here in Northwest Arkansas or just someone who's uh, listening in and trying to, to get any you know tips and tricks of, of the trade as it were, like what would you tell another owner who's trying to find access to those resources and things like that? Absolutely. I would say get to know your colleagues, get to know the supports that are in town for you, get to know your licensing specialist mm-hmm. within the Benton County licensing unit. Um, they've got behavior management, there's project play, there's all type of resources within the division that can help support. Um, I am happy to visit with anybody in this industry that is looking to start up. I, I'm sitting with my third daycare um, and I'm 45 years old. So I've been there, I've done this for half of my life and I love what we do, but we've, we've got to push for some change and mm-hmm. advocate for these babies. Mm-hmm. For anyone who doesn't have kids, either they're thinking about having them or they just don't have kids right now. Or, Start or, applying for child care you know. now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting on our waiting list. Take a tour. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, but like for those uh, who maybe uh, don't have kids but want to help out in some other way or anything like that, how can they uh, try to help? Because, you know, there are plenty of people who are passionate about right. wanting to help these kids. Without having any of their own. So yeah. where where would they go? I would have them just reach out to the center yeah. directly and speak to a director or any member of management on my team could help support that. Um, we love our open door policy. We invite the community in. I do believe like Walmart and Sam's Club, they have um, volunteer programs mm-hmm. and their employees get you know, some monetary dollars or some, you know, yeah, they're, they're give there. back programs yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. as they get to volunteer. And so it's a two way win. Um, and it just, it helps that support. Right. And sometimes, you know, it can just be somebody coming in and read or those community helpers, um, finding out ways that, you know, like Dina said, reach out to directors or people, or if it's a team building activity, um, garden, all kinds of stuff that figure out, how could we give back to these early childhood programs just because you don't have children, your coworker, or you might one day have children and that giving back to our local community community is something we all should be doing. Yeah. One of the best smiles we ever saw was when we did the ignite program for the chamber one year. Mm -hmm. And that's a program where uh, staff is given an amount of money and we go find ways to give it back to the community. Mm -hmm. Um, And so something that we did is we partnered with Moe's and they gave us a bunch of free food and we went and donated child or uh, lunch for so a child care cool. center I remember. and they were just like oh my gosh <laughs> like it was so they they were the happiest yes. the, they were more grateful than anybody else we did it was just it was the first time anybody have, had done that for them i have 68 staff between so. my buildings and i can tell you we do not miss a snack and they love a good meal mm-hmm. so yeah do you know what you do for your staff today actually we, okay so today Sorry. sonic had 50 cent corn dogs oh so we made cute little graphics and we just said we know it's corny but you're our dog we love you and we gave everybody <laughs> corn dogs. That's cool. But it's just part of retention. It's part of them, you know, mm-hmm. it's Halloween. It's something yeah. fun. And I just wanted them to know I thought about them. And it cost me 50 cents per person. Right. 
That's that sometimes example. it's the little things for sure that we yeah. all oh, need, yeah. or just an extra hand or two on picture day, or mm-hmm. you know things mm-hmm. like she said. That's that's where we feel that support. It doesn't always have to be monetary. It's just somebody there listening or just hearing us out or you know being there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, picture day. There's another. <laughs> <laughs> lovely thing to think about. Oh, See, this yeah. is what folks don't think about when it comes to de- like again. They do picture day. Yeah, I want you all to imagine this: hundreds of kids <laughs> under the age of five. You, you remember how bad it was in high school? Yeah, now imagine four year olds. Yes. Exactly. Yes. You got to wrangle that. <laughs> Maybe tilt, you know, the you know, they've they've shown up and the parent just put them in the nice outfit. They forgot, but they're not doing the picture until like eleven. Yeah, yeah. you got to right. keep that three year old clean until yes. then. <laughs> Like, oh, yeah, this whole new dimension. If your right center here. is proactive, they might tell you to bring that outfit to change into yeah. later. That's what oh, we yeah. do. It's yeah. just really helpful. Like today for Halloween. Yep. You know, we had a few dinosaurs roll through the door, <laughs> right? <laughs> a few princesses. But um, we quickly take those off because it's so upsetting if those were to get ruined. Yes. Or, but what were the kids know, dressed as? Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's always a challenge, but it is it's the most rewarding thing I think I've ever been a part of is my industry. Well, that's a good uh, segue into my last question. So we've talked about a bunch of the stuff that that you guys are, are definitely wanting and needing, but um, this is also something both of you are passionate about. So let's end on something a little bit uh, uh, more positive here. And if each of y'all could just give us maybe why you are so passionate about early childhood education, what what got you into this line of work? You want to go first? We both go. I can go. I don't sure, mind. Go sure. for it. Um, so for me, um, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. My dad was always the retail buyer, and so it moved us around a lot. Mm. Um, I was raised, you know, sometimes with my grandparents because it was a one-parent home, not because they weren't married. Right. Just dad was busy working. Um, and for me, I remember my early childhood years. I remember the old spool and that was my art center and I remember the big glass door (laughs) that I would always watch my mom roll up and roll out every day and for me um, I just as a single mom growing up um, I knew that I could do it better Mm. I knew that there were things that were important to me that I just couldn't seem to find here in our area and so I did those I I made that come to life and um, I've raised my three kids I'm a single mother again um, and now I'm a grandmother. And so to see it come full circle, my daughter now works there as mm-hmm. a director. My grandchildren attend there and I can have my hands on that. I can see right. that they're safe. If there's something I don't like, we can make small changes or we can advocate for change. Um, and to me, it's just I feel what it's what I've been called to do. That's good. It's a good reason. Fantastic. Yeah. And it kind of goes along with the whole like, I'm not just the owner, I'm a customer. Too. You know, like, <laughs> you get that, that extra dynamic. I think that's, yeah, perfect. That's wonderful. And for me, I love, um, above all of that is just pouring into my people. Right. Right. Those connections with my families and children are amazing, but it's those teachers too, that we get to just leave our mark on Mm -hmm. and just raise them up and grow them up. I know that they're maybe going to be just a stepping stone to where they're going, but if I can have any impact there or grow them at all, that's my goal. And I think that's what sets my buildings apart and my teams apart. Yeah. It's my people. It's fantastic. Wow, good job. Yeah, follow that. <laughs> yes, follow Bet that. But you wish you went first uh, now. <laughs> yes, I should have went first for sure. Um, I knew you had passion. That's why she'd be great today. So I would say for me, um, is also just that passion when it comes to our early childhood providers and parents here in the community. Um, I've always just 
enjoyed. Um, I guess y'all know I like to network yeah. and <laughs> meet people in the community, all that kind of stuff. And so I think just constantly trying to find those resources and trying to have those just connection points too of how are we going to build our early childhood providers? How are we going to work together as a community? So I think, again, um, just having that passion, it's Hard to believe I've almost done this 20 years, been with the same um, agency since I got out of college. Wow. And so um, obviously I enjoy this early childhood field. I would like to see some changes. And I hope if we continue um, doing these things here in the community, we've actually recently awarded the recent leads um, for mm-hmm. Northwest Arkansas. So we're excited to see how we can partner with existing businesses and our providers And we hope we see some good changes and just keep seeing the good stuff happening here in Northwest Arkansas. For sure. Fantastic. Well, I love the positivity, so I want to cut us (laughs) off there before we get too deep in it. Before we go to our closing, uh, we didn't mention this up top, but... We have to mention the sponsor again. Oh man, yeah, we jumped sponsor. into it. That's man, I'm I'm slipping today. It's it's okay, Steve. It's okay. <laughs> I understand you don't get to hound me about it, so it's I know, not I know. something it's you're not as excited about. <laughs> but yes, podcastvideos.com. Again, they provided this wonderful setup for us and allowed us to be here and, and really kind of check things out and get a fantastic product out there for you guys. I'm going to make sure we get these videos up so that you all can see them as well as listen to them on all the podcast channels. But again, just wanted to give another shout out to podcastvideos.com for all of the help that they have been giving us uh, in making the podcast happen while we were undergoing our renovation and things like that. So And, and just, the, new, the new studio they're building is going to be right. even better than, than what we got now. This is fantastic, and the, the new building has multiple... Multiple avenues, different styles, um, you know, for on camera, off camera, however you want to do it. Like, that's going to be absolutely going to be fantastic. Hanging mics, lazy boys, the works. It's going to be great. So, fantastic. Just wanted to make sure we got that in there. I also want to encourage everyone to like, subscribe, and share via SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple, Google, YouTube, Amazon, all of the different social media groups. Teasing uh, our next uh, episode that we're going to be bringing out. uh, Actually, maybe switching all over the place, but our topics (laughs) have kind of been coming and going. So, uh, we do have a couple of uh, uh, ones that are coming up in terms of appreciation and thankfulness, uh, of course, for Thanksgiving. And then we also have another one that's coming up that we're recording next week uh, that is workforce going to be covering housing. workforce housing. Probably the other issue top of mind with everyone in Northwest Arkansas right there with early childhood <laughs> education. Getting these really heavy topics right off the bat, right? Yes. So you way know, to enter the holiday season. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Giving all these yeah. people just <laughs> a, a great way to end their year, right? So... Make sure that you guys do that. I want to thank again our wonderful guests for coming here and sharing their stories with us. Michelle Wynn, co-director of Child Care Aware of Northwest Arkansas and a board of directors member (laughs) with the Rogers Old Chamber. And Dina Ford, owner of Wild About Learning Academy and Wild About Learning Academy West. I got that right? Yes, sir. And thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Steve, I'll toss it back to you to do our one final goodbye. Uh, Well, you know, I I think enough has been said. It's, uh, it's, it's, (laughs) you know, child care. People need it. It's uh, it's it impacts the workforce. It impacts the business community. It impacts it's it impacts the children themselves. And, you know, everybody who doesn't want their child, you know, the goal of every parent is to see their child be better than them. Um, And so investing in early childhood education, finding ways to fix these problems, whether that's legislatively, you know, there's federal programs out there, state programs. You know, there are things that can and should be changed. And the the governor has said she's passionate about early childhood education and wants to put some investments in there. Um, So 
hopefully we can do that. So talk to your legislators. Um, fiscal session's coming up. So let's, uh, you know, see what we can do about getting some more funding to help address this issue, which is just going to benefit all of Northwest Arkansas. And then make sure you reach out to those programs like we've talked about, like Child Care Aware. And if you have a kid in uh, daycare or even just know folks who are, are around here, talk to the owners. Talk to the mm-hmm. programs that are there. Sure. They've got needs as well, and I'm sure more than willing to... Uh, lend a, 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 or ask for a helping hand and go from there. So, perfect. Well, right. thank you again. Thank you all for listening, and we will catch you next time.